Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. Melissa Kearney is an economist at the University of Maryland, and she has a new book called The Two-Parent Privilege, How Americans Stopped Getting Married and Started Falling Behind. I've read a number of interviews with Kearney because the topic is obviously in my wheelhouse, and I plan to read the book, but I haven't yet. But last weekend, Barry Weiss interviewed Kearney at Free Press, and one thing she said really stuck out to me. Kearney said, and this is a quote, that in survey evidence, you don't see widespread rejection of marriage as an institution. You don't see in the U.S. that there's been a widespread move away from the desire to get married. Rather, it feels like achieving a stable married home is a bit of a luxury good. It's something that's harder for people without higher levels of education and income to achieve. So for that reason, we should not be okay with that advantageous institution being something that's increasingly out of reach for those who aren't in the highest education income classes in our society, end quote. Kearney's solutions to this are largely government-orientated, spending more money on the promotion of strengthening families. Now, obviously, I'm all for strengthening families, but I don't think a government role works. The George W. Bush administration spent $300 million a year on the Healthy Marriage Initiative. That did very little beyond line the pockets of organizations that hold, quote, relationship education classes. The Obama administration kept that program going with a small shift in focus into fatherhood. One study found that it did very little to help sustain the marriages of the people in the program, and it did not translate into significant impacts on marital stability, nor into substantial impacts on co-parenting, parenting, or outcomes for children. None of it worked. And as Kearney says, People still respect the institution of marriage. They just don't participate in it. They don't think it's for them. And that's very odd. I think it has a lot to do with marriage being portrayed as uncool in our world. In her book, The Power of Glamour, Virginia Pastrell notes that in the films of the 1930s, divorce was depicted as glamorous. Marriage was at times a loveless prison, while divorce was akin to wearing evening gowns and making cocktails and silver shakers as a habit of the fictional rich. 
But now divorce is commonplace and the reality isn't so much cocktails and gowns as lonely apartments and having the kids every other weekend. And while marriage may not be glamorous either, government seminars on the importance of tying the knot definitely won't change that. Singlehood is now portrayed as glamorous, but I think most young adults know that's not true, hence they continue to have a high opinion of marriage. Like a lot of things, I think what works here is telling the truth, that marriage is good and fun and makes you feel secure and loved and all that other good stuff. I hear the naysayers saying, oh, not every marriage, okay, and not every singlehood life is one of martinis and fast cars. And telling the truth is actually not as easy as it sounds. Kearney told Weiss that she was dissuaded from writing this book by her peers, who nevertheless agreed with her perspective. Kearney said, the University of Chicago Press published her book and it wasn't an easy process. She got four reviews, one of which said, you should not be publishing a book in 2023 that calls for a return to marriage. So maybe that's the place to start. The people who are pushing an anti-marriage agenda and harming so many poor people. I can guarantee you that most of those people are themselves married. People have been lied to, and we have to start telling the truth, even if it's uncomfortable or sounds hokey. Coming up next, an interview with Kira Davis. Join us after the break. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com, that's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information, so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. 
Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. My guest today is Kira Davis, host of Just Listen to Yourself and author of Drawing Lines. Hi, Kira. So nice to have you. Hi, Carol. It's good to be here. When I think of your show, I think of it in that tone, like, just listen to yourself. Is, is that exactly right? the tone that it is meant to be said in. And, you know, one day I was just like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast where I just tell people, like, listen to what yes. you just said. <laughs> Don't do that. So like, it's really do- just a podcast about thinking through the things that you actually say. Right. Like, do you even hear yourself? Right. <laughs> so. Right. You're in California. Um, I've interviewed a few people who have left California, Dave Rubin, Bridget Fetessy, and they've left for Texas. Do you, you're still there. Uh, do you think about leaving? Do you consider Every it? Every single day <laughs> I think about leaving. Uh, for us, though, for my family, that's just not a thing that's going to mm-hmm. happen. We live in California. That's that. Uh, my husband's job is here. Right. Uh, it's the job that supports our family. Mm-hmm. And it won't be forever. We, but we are making plans to leave when the time comes. I also have a daughter who's almost finished with high school. So we certainly don't want to pull her out. I mean, I'll, I always say this because I get this. Uh, I get asked this question a lot by conservatives. Yeah. Like, why are you still there? When are you going to mm-hmm. leave? And look, I'll leave when God says it's time to get up and go. Um, I definitely believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And for now, for whatever reason, we're in California. And I've always said, I think it is more dangerous to be somewhere comfortable outside of God's will than to be somewhere uncomfortable inside of God's will. This is where we are. So um, now that being said, it's not like I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I get that. I I feel like when we were considering leaving and I was getting all of these, like, just move, just move. Why do you keep complaining about New York? Just move. I I think people don't get that. It's not an easy decision, especially if you have kids and it's not like I could just pick up and go. Um, So where would you go? Like, what's the, what's the thinking? If you were someday to maybe leave California, what's, what's uh, on your radar? Not sure I can do winter again. <laughs> that is, a- I hear you. It's 70 degrees. I'm in a sweater. It's like, what is this weather? Yeah, it's yeah. 70 here in California. My <laughs> heat is on today. Um, and the older I get, too, the more I'm like, oh, a uh, slip and fall on ice. Not sure if I oh, want to yeah. go back to that. But, um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't know. We don't, we don't really know. A a lot's going to depend on where our kids land. Ultimately, we have a son in college and Mm -hmm. we'll want to be close to them. And it just depends on where things take us. I just, at the moment, at this point in my life, I can't imagine ending my life in California. Maybe somewhere, um, but somewhere in the South. I don't want to go to Texas, Carol. Why? I'm, Why no Texas? I mean, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, so I feel okay. like that's, a, that's my natural second choice. Uh, okay. to I Florida. love Texas. Um, some of my best friends are in Texas. And as you well know, just about everybody in California has left yeah. for Texas, but it's just never been my cup of tea as far as, oh, I think this is a place I want to live. Um, I don't have anything against Texas right. or, you know, it's not like I'm like, ew, Texas. I just... Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a place I want to land. Um, I, I feel like you'd look great in like a cowboy hat, cowgirl no, hat. I, I can rock a cowboy hat for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> and um, 
I I love the I love how everyone everything's just so American in Texas, and I mm-hmm. love that. Oh, the giant flags! Like my kids, every time we're there, they're like, "That's an even bigger flag than the last flag." It's like you know a square block. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I, it. I you know there's a lot a lot obviously going for it, but again, it's tough to pick up your family and move. It's tough to imagine yourself in a new place. It's there's a lot of considerations and I, I fully understand you. That's why, you know, I'm not pressuring you. I'm just wondering, just thinking, thinking out loud where Kira I, ends up, I mean, you know. <laughs> I took the journey with you, Carol, all through I know, COVID and I know. Twitter when yeah. you were, you know, I was with mm-hmm. you on that journey and knowing I mean, I feel like I I knew exactly what you were feeling because I right. was going through the same thing. My kids are a little older than yours, but same type of situation, high cost of living, crazy COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you're looking at what's going to, how's right. my kids going to develop yes. and do. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt it when you decided yeah. to move, <laughs> like people didn't understand what a big deal that right. was for you. That was not an easy decision. No, it wasn't. It was, no. you know, again, life changes. What are you going to do? So you recently posted that you've been sober for a hundred days. I think it's like a hundred and few days now. Um, But you also noted that you're not an alcoholic and you just needed a break. So how's it been? It's been good. So I, I got to a point recently where I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm drinking a lot. Like there's not a day really that goes by Mm -hmm. where I don't have a drink, at least at the end of the day. And um, I was, I've been going through some life changes. I, I lost my father last spring and Sorry. So obviously that triggers some things. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know what? I, I, I'm not feeling things. I think I'm drinking and not feeling. So I right. decided to challenge my, myself, um, mm-hmm. took a sober month and just white knuckled it for a month. Kind of right. like I did. I did that by just not going anywhere or doing anything and, and, yeah. but I realized this is no way to live. And if I'm only doing this to look forward to the next drink, perhaps that's a problem. Um, and so I challenged myself to do it through the holidays because mm-hmm. I thought if you can do it through the holidays, right. You know, you're all right. Mm-hmm. And Carol, I got to three months, which is recent. And my whole brain has changed. My whole way of thinking really? has changed. They say after three months of sobriety, your brain changes. Again, at six and again at 12. Bridget Thetisy will tell you two mm-hmm. years was a big um, thing for her. And ironically, um, it was her that really made me take this step. Years really? ago, I was on her podcast when she was still in LA. Mm-hmm. We met up personally for the first time. I, I joined her podcast. We we're talking about stress. And she's in recovery. She's a recovering alcoholic and yeah. addict. And she said, I said, how do you deal with stress? Because when I have stress, I go have a drink, I have a glass of wine. And she said, well, sobriety is really about learning to sit in your discomfort mm-hmm. and feel those things. And it always sat with me. You know, I never forgot yeah, it. That's very interesting. And, yeah. And so what I figured out at three months is that I'm sitting in my discomfort and that's mm-hmm. absolutely necessary um, um, to like feel all these things that mm-hmm. are very uncomfortable. Like I'm not feeling comfortable even right now. Like today I'm like, oh, I've got all kinds of things going through my mm-hmm. brain. But these are issues that I have just sort of pushed to the side for 10, 20 years, maybe my whole life. Right. And now for the first time, I'm like facing them. 
Um, so interesting. That's what the yeah. body has done for me so far. Well, so I had Bridget on the show and she talked about how, you know, I, I mean, she went through like the one day at a time where, um, you know, she couldn't imagine one day of being sober and then she couldn't imagine a week of being sober and so on. And now it's been, you know, I think over a decade for her. Um, so do you feel like you have, you know, a date that you want to hit now, now that it's been over a hundred days or is it just one day at a time and we'll see where this goes? I don't think I'm at one day at a time anymore. I think for the first little while I was, mm -hmm. and now that I'm at three months, I had already committed through the new year, but uh, I heard people say how your brain changes, but actually experiencing it has yeah. been interesting. So I want to see what happens in a year. So I'm going to push for a year. And um, like I said, I'm not an alcoholic. And that is one thing also that concerned me, maybe okay. that I was becoming mm -hmm. one or that I could become one. Yeah. So, um, and now that I'm sober, I, I understand now that I wasn't. Um, but that doesn't mean that sobriety, you know, isn't something that's good and healthy and, and to strive for right. um, and can help you. So I'm looking forward to a year, 265-ish more days to go. Uh -huh. Maybe I'll pop in and let you know if my brain's changed <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I love that. So you're very well known. You had a hit book. You have a show. I mean, you're on TV a lot. You have a great family. Do you feel like you've made it? No. Has anyone ever answered that question? Yes. Yeah. Some people have. Well, really? I ask, yeah. Well, I ask everybody and answer that. Yes. Um, a lot of people have answered yes. And it's like, uh, Mary Catherine Ham answered yes. Um, some other people, yeah, people definitely answer yes. It, you know, it really just depends. Um, like one of the first interviews I did was with Clay Travis and he, you know, had famously sold his company for, you know, X millions of dollars. And I asked him if he had made it, if he felt like he made it. And he was like, no, absolutely not. So it, it's a different definition for everybody is, is the point there. So you don't think you've made it. No, I don't even, I'm not sure what it is. I mean, mm -hmm. this isn't even my first career. This isn't even my second career. This is like my fourth career. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm, you're rocking it though. So part of a jack of all <laughs> trades. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a career I took because I, I'm a trained actress. It's actually what, what I do, or mm -hmm. what I did before I got married and before I had kids. And then when I had kids, I decided I wanted to stay home and raise those kids and acting is a hustle. Right. Um, and so I, I gave, I hate to say I gave that up. It makes it sound like a sacrifice. I chose yeah. to be at home. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but I needed a little bit more than only being home. So I took up writing and I'm very opinionated. So that more you really, <laughs> I know. <laughs> here I am. So mm -hmm. have I made it? No, I don't think I'll ever feel like I've made it. I don't know that I'm that person. Do you, can you see yourself ever going back to acting? Yeah. And I do a little now, you know, I've, I've sort of started dipping my toes back in as you know, mm -hmm. Carol, I, I work with the Babylon B a lot. Um, I also have some of my own projects. I'm a producer here in California in my own right. Mm -hmm. um, and I, a few years ago, I did my first short film. It was a, uh, a reimagining of Harriet Tubman as an action hero. It's called Ooh. Minty. Oh, yeah, I have Minty, to see like, that. Case. Minty mm -hmm. was her, what she was really called. Her real name is Araminta. Mm -hmm. And um, so her friends and family called her Minty. And that Harriet was her mother's name that she took on later on in life. So I, I, I did that and um, that's still on YouTube. You can find it. Okay. Minty. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, yeah. And my daughter and I are currently working on a, on a 
a short independent horror film that we're filming on our iPhones right now. Ooh, what is it about? Um, it's just a little comedy uh, film about what happens when that scary serial killer or monster is behind you, but you are too busy in your phone to notice. <laughs> I don't know where you got that idea. <laughs> Is it just like looking around and seeing a bunch of zombies on their phones? Um, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see that. Where are you thinking about releasing it or how are you, how are you going to, you know, handle kind of We're going distribution? We're to our favorite film festival, the mm-hmm. Telluride Horror Show, which mm. is every October in Telluride, Colorado. Okay. We go every year as a family. My daughter and I are big horror fans, especially. And then we drag the guys with us. Um, so we're going to submit it. I love it. Thank it's you. really amazing. I, I love that you do something super creative while also, you know, kind of fighting the good fight. We're going to take a quick break and be right back on The Carol Markowitz Show. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or... Check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. What would you say is our largest societal or cultural problem in America? And do you think it's solvable? The breakdown of the nuclear family, without a doubt. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you were asking me this as a Black woman, as a Black American, I would say... 
more even more specifically the absence of fathers in mm-hmm. Western society, but American society in particular. I've always said it's one of the reasons why I got into politics because um, I have a heart for my community, the Black community, um, one of my communities. I guess I have many, mm-hmm. um, and I have always be- believed, you know, we're the canary in the coal mine, and what happens in our community will eventually spread to the larger. American mm-hmm. society, and we've seen that with the breakdown of the family, how the government really has interrupted the family structure and process, and it's led to chaos and crime and declining education numbers. And um, I think even empirically, if you just look around, you're going to see the 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 consequences. Right. Uh, you know, looking at kids from broken homes, which I'm one, or looking at kids from nuclear homes. Mm -hmm. And we know the statistics because this is our job. It's what we do. Yeah. I know what the statistics say. And if, if you're married and you have married parents, you know, you're, you're almost guaranteed to not live in poverty. You have those two things. So I, I really feel strongly about the nuclear family and the importance of, is it solvable? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a larger issue. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, it's solvable. If more people get married, I guess, yeah, it's solvable. Yeah. But how do we um, make marriage great again? Well, that's the, that's you know, that's the question, right? So mm-hmm. my monologue for this episode was actually about Melissa Kearney's new book, The Two-Parent Privilege, How Americans Stopped Getting Married and Started Falling Behind. And mm. one of the things that she says, which is really interesting to me, was that marriage still people still aspire to marriage. It, it, like marriage still gets high marks in studies and surveys. Uh, like, do you want to get married? Yes. Everybody says yes, but then nobody does or not nobody, but you know, yeah. a, low, a low number. Um, so how to turn that around. And, you know, uh, some of her solutions, and I mentioned this in my monologue, are government related, you know, put more money into marriage, you know, classes or whatever. And I don't think any of that works. And I think part of it is because, you know, government's not cool. Like there's nothing cool or like sexy about government programs about like how to get married or how to be in love. Um, I think it's going to be a wider cultural solution. I just don't know where to begin with that. Well, let me push back Mm -hmm. a little. Yeah. I hear this point a lot, particularly from conservatives, because I'm Mm -hmm. like you, government is not cool. And the less of it in my life, the Mm -hmm. better. That being said, I do understand the power of incentives. I think this is why I can't be a libertarian. I do understand the power of incentive. Sure. And um, it's not the solution. There mm-hmm. are whole solutions. I, I believe you're, I agree with you that it is cultural and we've got to, you know, address it on a cultural level also. Right. But government can incentivize things that are good for government and marriage is good for government. Absolutely. So, tax breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Canada, you even get, uh, I'm, I'm Canadian as, as your listeners may or may not Ooh. know. I'm formerly Canadian. <laughs> um, I'm an American now, everybody calm down. <laughs> um, I, uh, but in Canada, mm-hmm. you still to this day, you get a, a check for every kid you have every month yeah. um, until they're 18. Mm-hmm. And that is to encourage you to have children because having children helps support the huge tax base that they need yeah. to support their socialism makes right. some kind of sense. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. So I do believe that, the, and that's why I was against, um, even though I have no problem with, with uh, gay couples forming relationships and calling it whatever they want. And uh, I, that is why I, I really was against the redefining of marriage as well. Uh-huh. 
uh, keeping marriage as a man and a woman has an incentive for government. It makes our government better and stronger. Um, and so it, 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 it bodes well for any government to incentivize moral behavior. I, I'm um, on board with incentivizing for sure. I just, yeah. I see that in socialist countries in Europe, they have been unable to incentivize despite, you know, all, all the benefits. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind yeah. if we started with that. Hey, you know, if the government wants to send me a check per kid, I've got three. Let's, let's get that, those checks rolling. <laughs> I, have, I have done my part. Um, but I, I just, I worry that it's a, like, again, a larger problem of cool sure. where I feel like there's a lot of, like, you know, Instagram, TikTok, where singlehood is portrayed as really like fun and fresh and cool, whereas married life is boring and uh, a drag. And it's it's hard to get around that. It's hard to convince young people like they're lying to you. This is a lie. You're being sold a total fiction. Well, it's hard to convince young people as well because we yeah. don't we don't make them engage in delayed gratification anymore either. Right. Yes. So everybody feels like everybody's raised with this idea that you're supposed to be happy all the time and instantly. Mm -hmm. And so marriage is work. Marriage is hard work. It requires a level of commitment that we don't ask of anybody. We're yeah. not even asking kids to commit to their own gender these days, you know? <laughs> it could be anything, right? So the idea of, mm -hmm. of, of, of commitment and what it means, let's go back to the Pence rule. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes. And that was uh -huh. such a big deal. And everyone was like, oh, my God, he's a rapist. He just mm -hmm. can't control his rapey fantasies. <laughs> so he can't be around a woman. Yeah. These are this is a, a twisted version of perfection culture. These mm -hmm. are people who expect you to already have it together as soon as you step outside your house. So you shouldn't need willpower. Right. right. You shouldn't need um, protection. You shouldn't need boundaries. If you need boundaries, you're weak. When boundaries are the key to discipline, discipline is the key to success in whatever yes. you're doing. Mm -hmm. So there's no there's no successful person that goes out there and says, I don't have any boundaries. Right. And I'm not going to protect myself from temptation or rumor or whatever mm -hmm. because I'm already perfect. It, it's just we're, we're setting kids up for failure. Right yeah. from start, so no wonder they don't want to try for these forever things. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, the Mike Pence rule, I wrote about my own marriage rules for the now defunct Heat Street website. But I also I got so much hate mail after that. But basically, my husband and I don't ever come home and say like, oh, I met this great you know, guy girl at work and we're going to go have dinner together tonight. Like, what's the problem with that? Like, I mean, a lot of couples wouldn't allow that or they just don't verbalize it to each other. But whereas we have sort of a verbal understanding of like what's appropriate or inappropriate in our marriage and things that we would accept and things we would not accept. So it's not like we, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people misunderstood the Mike Pence rule as uh, you're not allowed to have friends of the opposite sex. Of course right. we are, but it's right. not going to be like, you know, snuggling on the couch friends. Uh, they you know? want it to misunderstand. <laughs> right. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they want to see him as some misogynistic, right. you know, a Donald Trump Jr. rapist. But in reality, adults understand yeah. that, you know, um, any good experience has boundaries to it. And your marriage is something to be protected. Yeah. And it's not like you're having right fantasies when you go out with someone of the opposite sex. That's right. But they're just you're putting guardrails up no matter what you're you're protecting yourself from rumor and innu innuendo yes. or from mm -hmm. or from leading someone else on. 
or again, or just falling into your own temptation. I trust my husband Im- implicitly. I've, I've, we've never right. had issues with infidelity in our yesterday was 25 years for us. Wow. We've never had Congratulations. Issues, thank you with infidelity, but that doesn't mean I throw them out there to the wolves. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Right. And I, and I think it's also a misconception that it's only men. Like I think that the guardrails exist for women too. It's, it's everybody, everybody's fallible. 73% of divorces are initiated by women. And I don't think that's 73% of women cheating, but that's seven, but women are emotional. And you know, that's 73%. I I think of women who maybe got emotionally caught up Mm -hmm. or weren't being served emotionally. And so, yeah, women will, will go out and, and, and find that connection elsewhere as well. Yeah, absolutely. So End here with your best tip for my listeners on how they can improve their lives. Mm, this is a good one. Um, so recently, I would say this is another part of my sober journey and what I'm learning as I'm releasing my brain from from that. Um, mm-hmm. I would say it's really important to listen to your body and understand your body's responses. And I'll give you an example. So for me, one thing I've learned, and I do work with a therapist also, and I have off and on through a lot of my adult life when I feel like I need it. Um, But one thing I've been learning is that I isolate when I'm stressed. So I will leave Mm. the home. I actually have a little space in this house that I go to, and I just sort of, maybe I'll get on my computer and play solitaire or just not talk to anybody, be alone. And um, I would have said a year ago that that response was because um, I just don't like people. Right. Which I know is very odd for people who uh, listen to me and see me on TV. Yeah, you're friendly. I'm very friendly and personable. (laughs) But that underneath is the Kira that's like, go away, (laughs) I hate everybody. And um, Mm -hmm. now I realize that that's actually a freeze response. So that's when a problem comes up, that's, that's my body freezing mm. in one place, not being able to address the problem. And so instead of me framing that as, oh, I just don't like people, which I think I'm not alone in that. Right. Now I understand that, no, that's my, actually my body telling me something's wrong. There's a problem and it actually needs to be addressed. Your response might be different. Maybe you're, you call yourself an emotional eater. Maybe you get headaches. Maybe mm-hmm. you say, oh, I have insomnia. I don't sleep well. I believe those are all your body's responses. Right. Your, your body's more in tune with your feelings and what you need than you think. So listen to your body. I love that. And I want you to come back when you're at a year and let me know how you're feeling and thinking because that was really, really interesting. Thank you so I much for coming on, Kira. You're awesome. Hope to see you again soon. My pleasure, Carol. Thanks so much for joining us on The Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. 
Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.